Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone. Together, we'll be exploring all things wines with you. The first topic is natural wines. This was a story in uh, Spectator Life. Natural wines are, are something that's become very in the forefront of, of the wine industry. Kim, have you ever seen or tried natural wine, or what's your interpretation of what it is? I have had a few natural wines. So the whole premise behind doing a natural wine, quote unquote, is to be pretty much as hands-off as possible. So um, it doesn't just affect how the grapes are grown because most natural wines will be using organic grapes. They'll be doing more in the vineyard where you rely less on fertilizer and pesticides and you do more things with integrated pest management, which means having, you know, other critters in your vineyards that will eat the bad bugs and you plant different cover crops and things like that. But it's more of a hands-off approach to the actual winemaking itself. So the winemakers um, will try to use natural yeasts that are present on the grapes and in the winery itself. They're not going to add a lot of additional sulfur for preservatives. And they are going back to these real old school techniques for the fermentation and for the aging of the wine. So you'll see these really giant ceramic vessels that they might bury in the ground and age the wine in and it keeps them cooler. Um, All these other sort of funky things that they're doing that kind of harken back to this real old school way of making wine. Yeah, and and I think the simplest way I've seen it stated is people who produce these wines, they fight to say on the label, all it should say is they're using uh, grapes, water, and yeast. That's it. Anybody else who's putting something else in the wine should have to put it on the label. And uh, as we teach all the time, and one of my, you know, geeky passions in wine is to always try to figure out what is in my wine. The government itself, they they say there's a list of over 60 additives that can be put into a wine. And only one of them, sulfites, is legally needs to be on a a label that tell you that it's in there. So the natural movement is that we're using things that it's nothing done more to it to add color, to add flavor. um, And they feel strongly that everybody else should, should be doing that. Yeah, it's almost this, I think, kind of belief system where producers, uh, some producers of natural wine are really looking at everyone else who is producing wine in a different way that they are and be like, oh, like that's unnatural wine. I know it kind of comes down to this whole belief in, you know, what you're adding to your wine is maybe making it a little less... Say, use the word natural again, but you know, a little, a little different, and more of a, more of a product that is manufactured as opposed to a true agricultural product that is, um, you know, this handmade, artisanal, just letting nature kind of do its thing. Yeah, I mean, there's two. There's definitely. I, I see this as there's two totally different sides. There's the natural, then all the way on the other side, is the people that feel we're going to do whatever to make the best product. So y- you. You as a consumer, as a wine drinker, have to 
pretty much take a side or, or, or take a stand? Do you want to know what's in your wine? Uh, when you buy food, I know you do, Kim, and, and I, I mean, I look at the labels, I want to know what's in there, mm-hmm. and they have to tell you a lot of times what they're, what they're adding. In, in the wine industry, they don't. There's big business that they actually have uh, sensory labs and chemical labs that you can go into and tell them what you want to taste and, you know, how acidic, how, how much berry, how much color, and they actually chemically make that wine from what you say so is it bad or is it's for you to it's the consumer who has to decide that uh, is the way I look at it but I think for some of these natural wines um, you're going over the complete other side of um, intervention so a lot of these producers really with this complete hands-off approach you know, they're making a wine that yes it's it's really interesting and there might be all these other flavors that you don't necessarily expect because it's not your typical wine these days but you know they don't really last in the bottle. Um, they might not be super food friendly. I think that there's room for a lot of different types of wine out there. And, you know, different people have different tastes and different things go through different trends. And I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with having more of a hands-on approach, using a little bit of science, um, you know, understanding about cleanliness in the winery, doing things in a way that integrates both traditional ways of making wine, but also with modern science and modern winemaking to make a product that is delicious, that will last so that people can enjoy it uh, without necessarily adding all these extra chemical things that maybe some super big commercial wineries are making. Yeah, I, I don't see many people asking for these wines or maybe because they don't know what it actually means or, mm-hmm. or, or but it, there's not much of a calling for it and, and the ones the, the most feedback I've seen on, on natural wines is they're not very consistent because they don't do the same things to it every year they take the natural product and they bottle it so the I think that's part of the point of it is that it's not it's not consistent. Right. It's like you don't expect when you go to your, you know, organic farmer at the farmer's market that the radishes this year are going to be exactly the same as the radishes last last year. And exactly. I think that's the, that's the point of this is, yes, they're, try, they're trying to get away from making it seem like it's a mass produced product and it's something that does change all the time. But the, in the people who understand or enjoy natural wines, they'll accept that mm-hmm. every year we're going to get something different. Sure. So, it's like belonging to a CSA. You know, one year you might have really excellent strawberries and the next year you might not. And that's just something that goes with the territory. So natural wines, give them, give them a try. Let us know what you think. We, <laughs> we tried and we have our opinion. So let us know what you think about it. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine with Mark and Kim. And we saw a very interesting article a couple of weeks ago in PR News about marijuana and stealing some of the market share of different alcoholic beverages. And it is very interesting. It seems that for millennials especially, uh, and this uh, review was done in California, study shows that uh, almost half of millennials will replace some of their alcohol consum- consumption with uh, with marijuana consumption instead. What do you think about this uh, this trend, Mark, especially yeah. here in Massachusetts? Yeah, honestly, this this scares me. Um, <laughs> it scares me too. It, it's, it's, it, they, the numbers they showed, you talked about the 51% that replace alcohol with marijuana, but then they, they showed 34% replace the beer, 18% replace wine and 14% replace spirits. I mean, those are pretty big numbers and reasons were, were pretty crazy. They felt 
that it's healthier to smoke marijuana than to drink alcohol. And they felt that there's no risk of getting a drunk driving on marijuana. So, I mean, they have some points, but this it could be bad news for the, for the wine industry. And I think it's also interesting that we don't really necessarily know, I think, how legalized marijuana, recreational marijuana in Massachusetts is going to play out. You know, this is a California study, but it seems like for here, um, what what exactly are consumers of marijuana going to be doing to replace wine? I mean, I think of drinking wine as something that you do with friends, something that you do with a meal. Um, it doesn't really seem like apples and apples to me. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I think the marijuana people see the same same thing. <laughs> Yeah, with maybe. friends. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, I, and it's a trend that it will eventually come out here. You, you're seeing things because of, of the, the marijuana industry that there's things where they're doing marijuana and wine pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing wine and they're adding marijuana into the wine. So it's trending and, and eventually it will make its way somehow around here. And legality wise, I, I don't know how it plays into the wine world, but I, I think it's something we're going to have to be or we'll be talking about more in the future. I think it's interesting to also to think about the different things that we like to talk about when it comes to the sensory values of wine and that there is a lot of crossover uh, for people who really take their pot seriously. So, you know, there's a lot of things that when we stick our nose in a glass of wine, you know, we talk about the aromas and we talk about the flavors and when we drink it, we talk about the textures. Um, and there is a little bit of crossover where different types of marijuana want to have different things that they smell like and you know they might have more of an herbal or more of a floral or more of a fruity so I think in in that regard uh, there could be some of that uh, crossover between people who appreciate those things in craft beers and appreciate those things in wine and maybe want to start appreciating those things in marijuana as well oh yeah I can see that I mean personally I, I smell skunk I know I always <laughs> smell skunk but uh, we were talking about some numbers there was another story from Yahoo talking they took an, a poll and, and this was an American poll they call it and they were 70% say that pot is less risky than alcohol that's a pretty high number and mm. 76% say less risky than tobacco so they're thinking of it as you know we're talking in the past about how wine is good for your health it's almost like they're thinking or the thinking is marijuana is more healthy than alcohol was so, it more healthy because it's a substitute for something that might be viewed as less healthy like i wonder how much of that is actual scientific fact and how much of it is that marijuana just doesn't have the, I think, stigma that's associated with alcohol when it comes to driving, you know, getting into car crashes, alcoholism, those those associations that alcohol has. It, it will be interesting. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's other numbers out there showing how much percentage that will take from the, the wine industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll follow it and, and see where it goes. Thank you for listening to The Wonderful World of Wine with Kim Simone and Mark Lenzi. We invite you to visit our Facebook page at The Wonderful World of Wine. Leave us some feedback, leave us some questions, and we will join you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.